0: Hook 'em up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Wednesday on the Horn. It's uh hook 'em up with Ian e and Rod B. Got all kinds of good stuff coming up. Rod's got his rant. First of two today. Also talking Texas football. Longhorn fans are talking about the college football playoffs of the Longhorns be the highest ranked one lost team that is the debate but uh, Longhorn team needs to be focused on TCU and getting ready for the Horn Frogs and uh, making amends for a poor performance against that team a year ago not worrying about uh, the rankings they can't control that Rod they can't control you know what the committee does they control winning and let everything play out from here. But fans, that's fine. That's what they do. And I'm sure for, for Longwood fans, for the first time in a while, they're actually in these debates, right? And the coach, I
1: mean, that's on Sarka. Unfortunately, he's got a campaign in politics. <laughs> those those media availabilities now down the stretch are important. He's got to throw out some of those talking points that he wants the media to pick up on and, and go viral and, and publish. So that's part of the game. It's it's a, kind of a sick and twisted part of the game, but it is a part of the game. He threw it out there last week, and he's like, still think we got the best uh, win in the country. Right. Winning in Tuscaloosa at Alabama. Oh, that was, that was premeditated by Sarkis. He yeah, sure, knows. And we played the cut play earlier the game, in the baby. week where
0: he we talked about, hey, uh, yeah, yeah we, we won in overtime, but did you know we did that with our backup quarterback <laughs> against a did top you know? defense in our conference <laughs> yeah, right. with our banged-up right tackle that didn't play? Yeah, all of a sudden
1: uh, Coach knows all the stats and where the rankings are, where the oh, guys yeah. rank statistically. Oh, yeah. You got to play that game, that's, and that's is part of it. It's unfortunate, and this is why a lot of Hunt fans, they want style points. They they would like some style points in these wins for the Longhorns, uh, and if you can win in, by dominant enough fashion and look good enough while you're doing it, it does help. Uh, the committees they they haven't said it, but they've basically see, implied it.
0: Well, look, there was a you know big debate. It was really uh, last night. It was uh, Greg McElroy, the former Alabama quarterback, yeah. who took the most. You know, he was the most passionate about because no one's really d- arguing about the top of the, the the top five teams right now. No. The debates who's the number the first one lost team. And McElroy s- just you know simply said, and you have said it too, Rod, that, you know, if you're going on resume, if you have Ohio State number one over Georgia because of resume, meaning who you've beaten, uh, and teams that you know quality wins, mm-hmm. then you know, I I would still say that Ohio State should be one and I think Florida State should be two. Florida State um, should be two with the idea that Michigan is going to be able to add some more quality wins here coming up with Penn State this week at Happy Valley, Ohio State. If you know, they win those games, then that, absolutely, that's that's a stronger resume than they own right now. Uh, Georgia, too. Georgia plays Ole Miss this week, right? And uh, that's a chance to add a quality win against a top-ten team, top-nine team now. Uh, but if you're going to go with Ohio State, one, then it seems odd you're going with Georgia, two, And the same thing, Oregon being number six over Texas, number seven. Hardly seems to matter, but at the same time, yes, Texas, if you're going on resume, Texas has a stronger resume than Oregon. Right now they Strength of the schedule is not close. Mm-mm. Texas has the, you know, the the best win that's out there uh, to be had for any of the one-loss teams, and that would be Alabama, who's sitting at nine. So be consistent, I think would be was Greg McElroy's argument, and I would agree with him because, again, Oregon gets to play USC, Arizona State, and Oregon State down the stretch here, and they may have a Pac-12 title game against Washington. Uh, where they can revisit that loss that they had in Seattle, and if they win all those games, well, then that's their resume, right? And that's, but at this point, it's not wrong to suggest that Texas should be ahead of Oregon. Doesn't mean that's the way it's going to play out because look for for Texas, they don't have the quality of opponents down the stretch that Oregon does. No, uh, they don't. And I think Texas fans would say that if we're already behind them, well, that what, why not? Well, why is why is Ohio State ahead of Georgia and we're behind Oregon? who does not have a quality win even close to what Texas has. Doesn't make sense. You're right. There's mixed messages. That's basically
1: yeah. that every team's got – there's a different argument they're making for every team <coughs> that is ranked where they are, uh, obviously ahead of Texas. And I'm not, uh, arg- I'm not arguing against any of that, but they probably should just go on data points and just say, this data point means more than the other one, and they won't do that. So we don't know exactly what they prioritize and what they don't. Is it resume? Is it style points? Is it – you know the statistical breakdown. The old, is it you know the teams that are that are most well-rounded teams. They brought that up that they like Oregon because Oregon you know uh, seems like they are a better overall team, like well-rounded and statistically uh, that they fill out a little bit better than Texas. Whatever reason they're giving, I mean, I think you could make the argument that if Texas, you know, if Texas Texas wins out, it's going to be tough to keep them out unless unless you have. Two to three undefeated teams, because I mean, they're not gonna keep letting undefeated Power Five teams stay out. Undefeated Pac-12 team gets in. Undefeated Big Ten team gets in. Undefeated ACC team gets in. Undefeateds gonna get in. Yes. So you got you gotta. If you're Texas, you're pretty much hoping that you get a lot of one loss teams across the board because you are a sexy one loss team and you'll rise up on the one loss team. Your one your one loss team argument. Is is better than damn near every other team out there with one loss. I know Oregon's ranked ahead of you, but you do have a better argument in my opinion than Oregon. You just you just laid it out.
0: But but <laughs> right now they do. Right but now, but they if Oregon do. runs this table, then that's pretty damn impressive. Well, but Texas got to say
1: Oklahoma State could help them out.
0: Well, no, I'm just saying if yeah. Oregon were to win out. And then and that included beating an undefeated Washington in the Pac-12 championship yes. to avenge the other loss. Yeah, well, now yeah. all of a sudden... They flip. Yeah, yeah they flip this on This is that. why
1: I wanted Oklahoma undefeated. I know Longhorn fans, yeah. they did, they wanted Oklahoma to lose and celebrate <clears> it. I didn't celebrate that loss. I I was upset. I wanted them to they barely scathed by all the way to the Big 12 title game, and then you would have the scenario you just brought up, e, except for in the Big 12. You know what I mean? Yeah. You had
0: the same thing. Like, you just replaced them when you beat them. But for Texas, the advantage is that to have a, a not as tough a schedule, you know, you should be able to win out. Oregon can very well lose a couple of those games. Uh, that's just the way that oh, yeah. goes, and then you're not worried about Oregon at that point. Uh, yeah, but as you said, the teams you got to worry about are, are the undefeateds uh, because you're not going to ever jump them. No. Uh, no way. Uh, you know, Kirk Herbstreit. Uh, this is one thing we've, we've been asked a lot of by Longhorn fans. But Kirk Herbstreit was pretty adamant that if they both went out, there's no way Alabama ever jumps ahead of Texas. Okay. Um, uh, he can say that. Is that true? If Alabama wins out from here and beats Georgia? Uh,
1: oh yeah, they beat Georgia. That's yeah. That's a hell. Of, that 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 could leapfrog. That's a that could leapfrog. Yeah. I didn't think that would be a yeah.
0: chaotic debate. And then there'll be some
1: people arguing that Georgia, depending on how the game goes, oh, yeah. that Georgia even with one loss probably still deserve it. Maybe we and Georgia in there, potentially. Oh, no, that'd be These chaos. It's going to give
0: you a headache. But at yeah. the same time, it's fun for the first time in a yeah. while the Longhorns are in this conversation. It is fun to have it, yeah. Hey. But
1: the SEC is going to have a spot. I think the, the Big Ten is going to have a spot. Unless that's just the most chaotic into the season we've ever seen, those two conferences I think are going to be guaranteed a spot. And it looks like right now the Pac 12 could be guaranteed one, too, just because of Washington and Oregon, the way that's uh, kind of that collision course uh, and the way that's working out. And you just got to hope that Florida State gets taken out of this thing at one point. Because I think some conferences are going to be locked in.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, Big uh, Ten and
1: SEC are, are one of them. Because right two now SEC. you
0: have an you have an undefeated champion. You have two undefeated Big Ten teams, and then an undefeated Georgia and undefeated Florida State and undefeated Washington. So five teams undefeated at the top. Yep. Uh, obviously, Ohio State and you know Michigan will take a loss because they're going to play each other. Uh, but there's no right. team in the others at this point. Hey, let's get to the other headlines, the trending topics to start your Wednesday morning here at our seven o'clock hour. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring it to you. Yeah, Longhorns number seven again this week. College football playoff rankings out for the second straight week here. Uh, other Big 12 teams to make the rankings. Oklahoma State now 15. Kansas is 16. Oklahoma tumbles to 17. K-State remains in the rankings after their narrow loss to Texas at number 25. Longhorns now turning their attention to Saturday's matchup with unranked TCU. Uh, we'll see. Is there a chance Quinn yours could be back for the game? At least one report. OrangeBloods.com yesterday saying that there may be a 75% chance Quinn could play, but that was from one of their sources. Uh, coach Sark has listed him as day-to-day. We'll hear from that coach again after practice tomorrow morning. After their magical season a year ago, TCU struggling in 2023. They ended the contest at 4-5. and five. They've lost four of their last five games. According to Coach Sark, though, there will be no shortage of motivation for his team because uh, where they stand in the rankings, obviously, but also the poor showing against the Horton Frogs one year ago. Man, we just we didn't put our best foot forward a year ago, and we made some really uncharacteristic errors um, that I think a lot of the guys on our team would like to kind of, you know, man, I, I want to I go show them what I'm actually capable of and the way that I can really play. And so that's something that uh, I know the guys are looking forward to as well. NBA, no games last night. league took the election day off. Uh, College basketball, 20th-ranked Baylor, rallied for a win over Auburn up there in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, 88-82. How about the five-star freshman from McKinney, Jacoby Walker, put on a show in his debut for the Bears. Scored 15 of his 20, uh, 28 in the second half as Baylor closed the game on a 22-8 run. College Hoops tonight at the Mood. Texas women open their regular season hosting Southern at 7 o'clock. NFL news. Uh, Tennessee Titans head coach Mike Vrabel announced that the rookie Will Levis will remain the team's starting quarterback moving forward. Even though Ryan Tannehill is healthy, uh, Tannehill will serve as the backup now to the rookie. Also yesterday in LA amid concerns with their quarterback situation, Matthew Stafford's injury. Rams decided the veteran free agent quarterback Carson Wentz. And the Cowboys have signed Martavis Bryant, the new, the recently reinstated free agent receiver. 31-year-old was a fourth-round pick from Clemson in 2014. His career interrupted multiple times due to violations of the league's substance abuse pro- policy. Martavis Bryant was reinstated last Saturday by Commissioner Roger Goodell. He last appeared in a game in 2018 as a member of the Raiders. More headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Line Equipment. Gobble up discounts this month by getting 5% off any rental or purchase of steel outdoor power equipment by donating two non perishable food items to Capital Area Food Bank. TopGun.net, we'll shoot you straight.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the committee, they're all over the place with the mixed messages. Uh, first of all, if you're, we talked about the Florida State and Florida State having a better resume than even Michigan, but Michigan's doing it with style points. Um, and they're well, Washington fans right now, they're upset because they think they have a better resume than Florida State. But you can well, argue yeah, because LSU's,
0: LSU's taking losses. Clemson's been taking losses.
1: Yeah, they, they have two uh, top 25, I guess, uh, two wins over teams that are currently ranked in the college football playoff ranking, uh, and Florida mm-hmm. State only has one, which is that LSU win, which they are number 19. And this thing, as you pointed out, this thing is constantly evolving because teams are winning and losing. But there are eight FBS college football teams in in this season with five-plus wins against teams that have a winning record. Those teams are Ohio State. They got seven. Ole Miss has six. Georgia, Louisville, Michigan, uh, Oklahoma State, Notre Dame, and Texas all have five. Um, Oregon has one. (laughs) Um, Has beaten one. So it it is it's weird. I don't know exactly what they're valuing. You go look at it when if you look at the wins that teams have currently over ranked teams. Bama, Oklahoma State, and Texas have three. Ohio State, Ole Miss, Washington have two. Um, Michigan has zero. Um, you know I mean it's so it. You really can't really pin down what the committee is prioritizing. It's tough right now. I think it'll play itself out, and they're hoping it, play, it plays itself out because if you look at their explanations for, to justify some of the rankings, they make no sense. No. they're just. <laughs> but but, they also, gets, but I, mean, get, I get it. I understand it because it's tough, but it, they, they're not consistent. I shouldn't say they make no sense. They're not consistent. I'll say that. Yeah. They're not mm-hmm. consistent.
0: They're not, and at the same time, I, you know, we do this every year, and it doesn't really matter because in the end, the puzzle will all lay out, and all these games will be played, and be, might, there will be a debate between four and five. That's guaranteed. There always there always is. Uh, Long we just want to be in that debate right now, and you, you know, that's that's what's fun. Hey, uh, coming up, we'll, we'll debate some sign stealing bullish or BS. Also, uh, at least one person, Pat McAfee, arguing that if uh, Michigan gets severely punished by the Big Ten. Uh, they should have to forfeit their college football playoff uh, a, a spot. Ooh. We'll debate that coming up. Bold, bold, uh, bold claim. Mm-hmm. But uh, and if somebody said, "What if Penn State beats Michigan, then Michigan beats Ohio State?" Well, that's the chaos problem, right? That's what, they, what if Ole Miss beats, or what if uh, Alabama beats Georgia in the in the Big Twelve in the SEC title game? And now they're all one loss teams, right? Mm-hmm. This is where it'll become challenging, yeah. uh, without a doubt. But let's get to Rod's rant. He does it uh, twice a morning, uh, seven fifteen and nine fifteen. It's brought to you by Apple Leasing. Let's get the first.
1: Uh, All right. Actually, I want to talk about Sark uh, and Sark's culture, Um, something that Sark talks about a lot and has really complimented his culture for having won games. He talks about the the versatility of this team a lot and how they win games, and they can win in a lot of different ways. That's, you know, the culture that he's referring to. Um, There are a lot of different phases, a lot of different groups that have to step up to win games, and they've been able to do it in the fourth quarter, in the second half, in clutch time. So that's, a, that's another indicator that the culture is in the right place. Something else that's a great indicator that the culture for Texas is in the right place to me actually is the uh, keeping up with the transfer portal. I've been doing it for a little while, and I'm glad now sites like uh, On3, uh, 247 Sports, they help you. They kind of track guys in and out of the transfer portal, the guys who are exiting the transfer portal and the guys who are entering through the transfer portal. And I think it's – you know attrition now is not only expected – you know, it's a welcome by a lot of universities. They want the attrition. I mean, Deion Sanders. <laughs> they want the attrition. So they can come in and bring in new players, their own players, via the transfer portal, bring in better players to upgrade the roster. And Texas is obviously they are also they're not immune to this. They deal with a lot of natural attrition through through the transfer portal. And one of the things I think is is important for universities to track um is how the the players who are exiting your program how they are doing in the other uh programs that they decide uh to enter or where they are where they are being acquired right what level of football they're being acquired are they you know staying on the same level in the power five are they dropping down to the group of five are we seeing them drop down to d2 and d3 uh what is what status right are these guys leaving your program um are they players that other programs are coveting right are they players that other programs want I think that is a a kind of a healthy indicator whether you have whether you have good attrition or bad attrition, right? Um, and I think Texas is having really good attrition. I went back and tracked the players who left the program and whether are. and shout out to Sports Source Analytics also that throughout these numbers, when you look at FBS teams who have had the most outgoing transfers that are significantly contributing. Uh, and this can significant significantly contributing to their definition is four plus starts or 200 plus snaps. so you you either started some games uh, multiple games or you end up playing a lot of snaps as a rotational player. We know Texas does that too um, at, at at other FBS schools so not just group of not just power five group of five, but FBS schools period. Florida's double one at twenty two um, Mississippi uh, actually had twenty one. Ole Miss, let I me mean, talk about that. Ole Miss actually a top-10 team right now, and they're at the top of that list. And then Texas is at 18 players who have outgoing transfers who right now are getting significant playing time on other rosters. I think, like I said, I think that's healthy, good attrition for Texas. You're going to lose guys anyway, but Texas is losing really good players because they're upgrading the roster with even better players. I compare it to, you know, my – consider your exes or my exes <laughs> um i i don't cyber stalk a lot of my exes but i know people who do cyber stalk their exes and it is a thing by the way it's healthy don't worry about it i, I read a uh <laughs> i read a a recent study a recent survey that said 48 percent of people uh remain friends with their exes on facebook and 88 percent of them check on their exes page <laughs> right uh and 31 percent post pics to try to make their exes jealous so it, it happens it's okay I think in this situation, the fans of football programs should check on their exes to see how they're doing, the ex-players who leave the program and what they're doing and how they're playing because I do think, like I said, I think it's a healthy form of attrition for a program like Texas who's upgrading the roster, churning out the bottom of that roster to, to, to get more and more talent, as much, as much talent as they can and, and acquire as much talent as they can via the transfer portal and also in recruiting. But when those guys leave your program, Just like when your exes, uh, you know, are when they're doing well. I think it actually, some people, it makes them feel bad. For me, it makes me feel good. I'm glad my exes are doing well. I'm glad they're having great relationships. I'm glad they're successful in life. Shows me that I got good taste. I'm a great evaluator of talent. Same thing with Texas football. When you're players who go out and transfer out of the program or going elsewhere and starting for other programs and contributing significantly for other programs, it just shows you, you got, you're a great evaluator of talent, that you've been evaluating talent really well. When those guys are not coveted by other football programs, when they have to drop down in you know, the level of play, to go to a D2 level, nothing wrong with that, but it shows you that you might have over-recruited that young man. And maybe you didn't do your due diligence and research. You might have over-recruited him um, when some players, ultimately, you want guys who are going to have a ton of upside. And they're not going to peak at the wrong time. If guys are having to downgrade in their level of play and they're not going to other Power 5 programs, just shows you that not only did you over-recruit them, but maybe they peaked at the wrong time. And that goes back to the evaluation and the development aspect of Texas. So that's why I think it's important to keep up with the guys who are transferring out of the program. Right now for Texas, really good sign, 57%. Of the players who transferred out of the program in the last cycle went to other power five programs and 78 79 percent went to either a power five program or a group of five a g5 program
0: that's yeah, I mean, you know, Hudson Cards playing at Purdue. Yeah, I mean this is yeah. an example. He's getting his head kicked in a little bit there with the Boilermakers right. are not very good. Yeah, <clears throat> but yeah, there's any number of players you can find that are you know playing and playing significant minutes, and you know that is, I think the way you put that is right. The Longhorns are upgrading the talent, but it doesn't mean they're I mean they're they're trying to, to take it to a new level. Exactly. And Sark and staff are going coast to coast to find the best players. And, you know, think of the guys, the Longhorns jumped into the portal to attack. Ryan Sanborn's been a you know, bru- you know, tremendous at punter. Unbelievable. Uh, A.D. Mitchell has been phenomenal. He's yep. exactly what they needed at wide receiver. Uh, without a doubt, Jalen Catalan, if you say healthy, would have been exactly what the Longhorns yep. needed safety, You're but right. he's been injured. Gavin
1: Holmes been playing a lot.
0: Gavin Holmes been playing. So, yeah, they they targeted places. And, that's, and, yeah, the guys that are losing to the portal are guys that are probably down the depth chart, but they're also still showing up at other places and playing. Mm-hmm. Which tells you, okay, yeah, that that, this is another strong indicator of where the program is headed as far as an overall talent. All right, uh, good stuff right there on Rod's Rant. Uh, We got some bullish or BS coming up. Maybe we'll extend bullish or BS because I want to get into this a little bit uh, because there's still, I guess I I saw Colin Cowherd yesterday talking about how he's comparing the Michigan sign stealing to, you know, one guy's going 95 on the freeway and gets a ticket. One guy's going 75. Uh, it, it's, it's like a traffic difference. Yeah. Uh, but then you listen to coaches, including Lane Kiffin, saying, no, no, no they, y'all, this is a big deal. Uh, this is a big deal. I want, I want to debate that a little bit because I still think there's a, a, a disagreement out there of how big of it, even if they're caught. Is it a misdemeanor, as you said, Rod, or is it a felony? Yeah. Uh, if, if everything's proven true. Also, uh, uh, the Michigan debate will, will come on because, according to Pete Thamel, Uh, Big Ten expects a response from Michigan on the notice of discipline by the end of the day today. Don't expect any ruling by the Big Ten on Wednesday, which would be today. They are expected to take time to absorb Michigan.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals.
0: So, yeah, nice way to put that. Absorb exactly. Michigan's response. Nice to
1: spin that. Absorb the response. Okay.
0: Which means maybe Thursday or Friday uh, with a punishable punishment for Michigan. We'll get into that a little bit. Uh, we're rolling on. It's a uh, Wednesday edition. Longhorns number seven in the college football playoff rankings, right where they want to be. But Longhorn fans think they should be six. We'll take your debate on that. Hardly matters. Longhorns need to get ready for the Horn Frogs on Saturday night. It's Hook'Em Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Hook'em Up, 1019-AM-1260, The Horn. Over the hump Wednesday on Hook'em Up with Ian Rod B. Start looking forward to the uh, big games of the upcoming week and weekend, including the Longhorns at TCU. Weird team, this TCU group, coming off of their uh, magical season a year ago where they played for the national championship. Rod, they started their season with the uh, kind of the embarrassing loss to Colorado. Um, You know, embarrassing in that they were the – Runners up for the national championship a year ago and lost to a Deion Sanders team who had that that, that program had won one game the year before. Mm-hmm. Rolled into Fort Worth and beat them.
1: They were a little and cocky going into that.
0: Sure, game. and it sent them, you know, it sent Colorado into the stratosphere as far as you know interest and popularity and all that. That's come back to earth now because they're really still a flawed team, even though they've won four games for Deion Sanders, which is a three-game improvement on a year ago. But for them, they then rallied and beat Nichols State, they beat Houston, they beat SMU, and it felt like they kind of righted the ship a little bit. But since conference play opened, Rod, well, actually conference play opened with their win over Houston, but, man, the last, four of their last five games they've lost, and it's it, it's something you talked about in Behind the Burn Orange Curtain last hour. It, it's turnovers. It, it's weird. There were two, like, I don't want to say outliers, there were two weird games. They played BYU at, in Fort Worth, and they won 44-11 to and they really – I mean, it was not even close. The game was never in jeopardy. I mean, it was 14-0 in the first – you know, half of the first quarter. BYU was not ready to play or whatever it was. 44-11, to they outgained them by like 300 yards. Then they went to Manhattan the next week, and the same thing happened to them. K-State beat them 41-3 to mm-hmm. and outgained them. K-State gained 600 yards in that game to like 300 for K-State. But in the other three games that were close games, the West Virginia lost 24-21, the Iowa State lost 27-24. And in the Texas Tech game, there was a touchdown game last Thursday night, you know, 35-28 at one score game. Uh, it's been turnover margin, Rod. You mentioned it. Uh, in these losses, they're, they're, you know, they've actually outgained their opponents, by uh, those three opponents, by 125 yards. But against Iowa State, they turned the ball over four times. Against Tech, they turned it over twice. Uh, they've lost the turnover battle in these, these losses 9-2. to two. Nine to two. So, they're a turnover-prone team, but, you know, it's one of those scary things for Longhorn fans. If they don't turn the ball over, they can move the ball. You know, they can. They have a quarterback in Josh Hoover who can sling it around to some good weapons. But kind of like that K-State game is the one I'm looking at. The, the, you know, the best two lines of scrimmage in the Big 12 belong to K-State and Texas. Mm-hmm. And K-State beat them 41-3. And yeah. they, they couldn't block K-State. And Texas just showed you.
1: But K-State was a, is a run-first team in Texas doesn't want to be a run-first team. Yeah. Sark's not a run-first guy.
0: Maybe he will That's be. Not Maybe he nature. will be.
1: Uh, I doubt it. I, just, I, mean, I, I you're asking him to change his.
0: He was nature. two years ago when he went up there and won in Fort Worth. Bijan, remember, Bijan had thirty some carries in that game.
1: Yeah, I think he was humbled though about his offense. Remember, he had had some issues. And that was the
0: Gary Patterson. Yeah, coach I,
1: I think now that Sark has full kind of control of the offense. Like these are his guys. He he recruited all that. I mean, that was Bijan and Rojo's offense the, the, the first two years, pretty much. And I think. Sark tried to go away from that at times, and it led to you know, Texas taking an L's. And I think, you know, in the Baylor game last season, he decided, all right, you know what, we're just gonna run the rock to hell with being a pass first team. He wants the pass to open up the run. That is just the way Sark operates. Like I said, the ratio, the pass to run ratio in the last game was thirteen to two, to start off in the first uh, twenty-two plays. It was it was thirteen, so thirteen to eight. Excuse me, thirteen to eight in the first twenty-two plays. So it, it's one of those things. I think for uh, Sark, if you look at it, I. I I, I think that Sark is, you know, a a a great play caller. He is, but he does get caught up at times being a play caller and not a head coach. And I think that's in this game he should be more of a head coach and less of a play caller. The play caller in him wants to uh makes, wants to make the big spectacular play. Yeah. Uh, he wants to call the, the 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 spectacular wow play. He likes the the stupendous. He likes bringing the crowd to their feet. That's usually associated with the passing game. As you talk about meat and potatoes, that's the running game, and he's not really a meat and potatoes guy. He does not want to hand it off 40 times. If he does that in this game, you'd minimize the risk and you would still probably get, you know, not as not as much of a reward, but you still get the reward because you'd be pounding the rock and they by the fourth quarter you would wear them out cuz they have no lines of scrimmage. But that's not in Sark's nature. He's not going to do that.
0: Well, I hope it is cuz you know, you want to get your home crowd excited, but on the road, go, you know, this is old hockey adage. go on the road and just bore them to death. Bore them to death. You could. Uh, and this team, if you look at what TCU's strengths are, you should be able to do that with your offensive line getting healthier. Hopefully Christian Jones plays at right tackle. Uh, run the football. Run the rock. Brooks, CJ, uh, get Keelan Robinson involved. Run the rock, whether it's Quinn. If Quinn does play, he's not going to be 100%. Uh, but you're right. I mean, you're, you're probably right on that. I'm just saying it seems pretty obvious to me. Get up there and run it 35, 40 times. Take that crowd out of it. Avoid the turnovers because they are, you know, they'll turn the ball over too. And that's they where will. you get real lucky. you play with a lead. Now they're trying to chase you, and they're turning it over. It goes one sided. Uh, all right, Rob uh, Bullish or BS coming up for the top of the hour. I want to get to this Pat McAfee comment last night talking about the college football playoff. But let me ask you this: So, we, where are we, or you, on this this Michigan thing? And here's the way I'll play: Lay this out. I still think there are those in the media and in in, in, the, in the football world who. Don't think this is even that big a deal. Even if it's all proven, everything Connor Stallions did, not. Uh, but a couple of a couple of coaches, uh, Lane Kiffin was on Sports Center on ESPN this week. And was asked about the Michigan sign stealing thing, and he said obviously they it, they happen in games and coaches talk to each other, but that's a whole other animal. The, the accusation is there. That would dramatically change how you perform as a team and dramatically change what your record would be. I don't know any details of it, but those would be severe things if those were true. Urban Meyer, on his podcast he does with Tim May, was clear to say, look, I don't trust the media, so I don't believe all this stuff yet. Uh, That's kind of the way he operates. But he says, Tim, um, trust me on this. I've been around the game for 40 years. No one does that. Uh, I've never heard of that in 40 years of being around the game. There's a very, very clear rule. Some will say that's not important. Once again, everybody is entitled to their opinion, if they know your, but if they know your signals, it is that important. You're changing the game. It's very egregious if that's what happened. I'm not saying it did because I'm skeptical if they did it, but if they did, it's very, very egregious. Hmm. So uh, where are we on this? I mean, um, you know, the, 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 obviously the Big Ten has sent a letter to Michigan. I mentioned that Colin Cowherd compared it to going 95 on the freeway versus 75. Everybody's doing a little bit. They're just doing it more. Um, what side do you fall on that uh, where, where Lane Kiffin and, and Urban Meyer say, no, no, this is a really, really big deal, y'all, if it's true? Mm. Uh, or are you more of the not a huge deal? Mm, like I said, the
1: sophistication and the, you know, really just kind of scale of the operation it did take, like I said, it was. It kind of reminds me of the Astros scandal. You've brought that up before too. And, you know, everybody. It seemed like there were multiple teams in, involved in sign stealing um, methods. All right, but the Astros were
0: the using most technology. They, were, to the steal most, signs, they yes. were the
1: most sophisticated, and they had on the largest scale. Uh, and they were better at it than everybody else. And I think there is a, a you know a similarity with Michigan here. There are teams out there. Matter of fact. Michigan is one of their defenses right now is that they they claim, and this is Michigan, they claim that they have their own investigation and that they have evidence that other Big Ten schools have been st- stealing their signs and also involved in very similar uh, methods. Michigan has sent documents to the Big Ten showing Ohio State, Rutgers, and Purdue communicate over Wolverine signals in 2022. So they're already, they're on the offensive now. All right, they're tired of playing defense. They try, just got to sit back. And they're going with, they're trying to perpetuate the narrative that, yeah, everybody does it. Everybody does it. We're just better at it than everybody else. Well, I- I'm not saying that's true, but according to ESPN's Adam Rittenberg and Tom Van Heron, three Big Ten schools worked together and compiled all of Michigan's signs. Purdue was reportedly on the receiving end from Ohio State and Rutgers for last season's Big Ten championship game. In Indianapolis, in a report from the AP on Monday, a former Big Ten staffer told them that they shared documents with Michigan proving opponents had their signs. Those documents have been sent to the Big Ten and exactly which schools were involved has uh, has been revealed.
0: Let me say this on that because I've read that story, too. There is no rule in the Big Ten that says coaches can't share information. Uh, There's not a rule. Yeah. Uh, now the Michigan thing is a blatant violation of two different rules. Yeah. Uh, to to your point, and this sounds like Michigan, like a twelve year old saying, "Well, well, well, look what they did." That's exactly. Right. Um, come on, y'all. Uh, you know, yeah, that goes on. That's that. goes back to the Astros thing in baseball forever. They've tried to get an upper hand by stealing a sign, a, a base runner at second base, looking at the catcher's hands and re- relaying it to to the batter. That's been going on for a century in baseball, uh, and that's the kind of accepted way. But what this group was doing is, is you know to your point, a, a much more organized and advanced way of doing it, and obviously doing it digitally to be able to then download and, and, and parse through you know, exact frames of play calls and things of that nature, and then it coincides with the, win, with the winning record. And that's where Lane Kiffin's quote is, is, is important to me. That would dramatically change how you perform as a team and dramatically change what your record would be. Uh, that's Lane Kiffin's opinion. Like, if you have access to that, that level of information, that level of, uh, you know, covert operations that have been you know, against blatantly against all the rules. Because, again, to what Michigan is alleging Ohio State, Purdue, and others did, there is no – you can't find a rule within the Big Ten rules that that's against the rules. Is it, is it probably in poor form for coaches on other staffs to share information with other coaches? Probably. Uh, but it's not against the rules. Um, You know, this is blatantly against the rules and they did it anyhow. That's the thing that is so bizarre with Michigan that it's against the rules to go scout a team in, in person. And then it's certainly against the rules to record digitally using technology, those signs. And they did both of them and almost were brazen about it, much like the Astros with the trash cans. It's not hard to, to prove. I mean, once you realize what was what was being done, then you can go back and listen for the trash can bang. You can go back and hear it when, on a quiet game. And then same thing here. You can go to the, the surveillance in, in in the stadiums and see Connor Stallions, whoever he hired to go take these videos. That's going to be the thing. And so uh, interesting to me because I still think there's a kind of – I don't say disconnect. It's just people have different opinions about how severe this is. I'm kind of more in line with Lane Kiffin and Urban Meyer if it's true, if it's proven true, everything that's already been reported and is out there – I think it's a pretty big deal, uh, my opinion. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, bullish or BS coming up. Uh, good stuff there, Rod. But uh, the, So we'll take your thoughts on that. Uh, what say you? What say you on the Longhorns at number seven in the latest college football playoff rankings? Should they be ahead of Oregon and number six or does it matter? Uh, will those continue those debates? Also, the top five teams remain unchanged. Actually, the top eight teams remain unchanged. Uh, we'll get to that coming up. But coming up, bullish or BS topics we're bullish on, including Pat McAfee of ESPN saying if Michigan is found guilty of these uh, violations and rules rule-breaking, uh, they should not be allowed and awarded a college football playoff spot. We'll uh, let, you, let you hear that and debate it coming up in Bullets or BS coming up. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook them Up, 1019-AM-1260, The Horn. Bullish or BS time just before the top of the eight o'clock hour. It's National Cappuccino Day. Rod, are you bullish or BS on ca- cappuccino?
1: Nah, um, i not neither. I don't care that much about. Have you ever had a
0: cappuccino? Yeah, I've I have not. I've
1: yeah, I used to have them. I mean, now they're really expensive to have a cappuccino.
0: And tell me, this is just a little shot of shot of caffeine, essentially?
1: Uh, yeah. From what I mean, I just had a small. It was a small little cup of cappuccino, so I don't know how. It's espresso. Big one. Yeah
0: expro which is just coffee this is like guy. coffee on steroids, I'm pretty right? Sure it's it's, it's espresso and like s- the steamed milk, essentially. Yeah. Okay. Well, so you folks who are bullish on cappuccinos, tell me uh, what is. I've never had one. I really haven't. I don't. I've never even had an espresso. I'm not a coffee guy, right? I'm not a coffee guy either. But I've had one. Just <laughs> no. I've never had one. You've never had espresso in your life. No, Mm-mm. not my whole life. Fifty years. Weird. I am bullish on Benadryl. I took. Uh, I did that. I did my knockout <laughs> drill last night, Ron. I was feeling terrible. <laughs> just, uh, uh, I just overdosed knocked. yourself on. Essentially, on drugs. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of our listeners sent me yeah. a little picture of uh, this HEB medicine you, you take, and I took that. I took a Benadryl, and boom, I went to bed about eight o'clock, man. Ooh, before eight o'clock, I went yeah. to bed, and I woke up this morning feeling. I still sound a little little hoarse, but at the same time I'm feeling a million times better. My head's you know cleaned out a little bit. So okay. bullish on Benadryl, not on cappuccino. Um,
1: ty, ty you're a coffee guy, aren't you, Ty?
0: Ty is a coffee guy, right? Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I drink a Red Bull this morning. I usually get, like, one caffeine oh. drink every morning. Man. If I do any more than that, oh. then I crash in the afternoon pretty bad, so.
1: Energy drinks. I can't do those. Nah, no way. Mm-mm. That's just.
0: Yeah, me either. Oh, man. I don't. I mean, coffee, I mean, I coffee, caffeine affects me a lot. I mean, it really makes me just free, and oh, yeah, you get all I can't do place? caffeine after, like, Anytime in the afternoon or I'll be up all night. <laughs> but Benadryl will knock my ass out. That's good. It's a good thing.
1: Your body responds to the drugs you take, basically. I guess No so. matter how what they are, even caffeine or like that, your, your body responds to it. That's good, though. It's a good thing.
0: All right, Rod. Uh, Pat McAfee, uh, in relation to the college football playoff ranking, says uh, he believes Michigan taking a college football playoff spot would be absolute bull sugar if found guilty of signed stealing. He said, quote, I think it would take a spot – out of the college football playoff, it would be, for the other teams, it would be absolute bull blank. Uh, I think we're not the only people that feel that way. I think a lot of college football people feel that way. Bullish or BS on that statement? That if found guilty or found to have done it, um, and the evidence is mounting, they should be not allowed to take one of the four spots. Would that be something you would support or BS? It's
1: a great question. Depends on the evidence. I need to see the evidence. Um, I do. I need to see how you know, the, the scope of the evidence and I, hopefully they'll reveal it or just reveal a punishment and say we found the evidence. Hopefully they reveal what that actual evidence is. I'm sure the media will find out what it is anyway or it'll be released or leaked. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it should be it should be on the table depending on the severity of it and how much Jim Harbaugh knew and how much he was involved with, you know, orchestrating. This very sophisticated uh, espionage, uh, sports espionage <laughs> operation he had going on.
0: Yeah, uh, I would be against it. I would call BS just because I don't think you know JJ McCarthy and those the, the the players should be punished. I mean, they weren't running this operation. Now, were they benefiting they from, from it? it? Yeah. yeah, that becomes a question. Same <laughs> they time, benefiting from it though. I mean, the, they're the ones on the field. I mean, I would be for a, a you know if found a, a you know full suspension for Jim Harbaugh, and you know it's now out there. If they can still win it with an interim coach um, you know, serving, obviously there will be lawsuits and all that. I don't know if that will ever happen. I would be against that, uh, just, just immediately cutting them out of the playoff. But at the same time, you know, I'm with you on that. It, it depends on the level of, of, of evidence that's out there.
1: Yeah. Maybe the Big Ten can say no Big Ten title for you. Mm. you can, then you can leave them open to it. They, they can win the national title, but they can't win the Big Ten title.
0: That's interesting. That's yeah. a good one too.
1: So I'm with you. I, I, just, I, don't, I don't know – Man, I just don't know how severe the, the 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 actual operation was and how the scope of it. It seems like it happened for a long time. Right now in the court of public opinion, a lot of evidence out there, what evidence did they actually find that he broke the rules and how much did Jim Harbaugh know and when did he know it?
0: Yeah, and that, yeah. those are the questions because, yeah. again, you know, somebody texted and said, Dion said you can know the sign, you still have to stop it. But, again, let's remind folks what was happening recording things in advance to have the advanced knowledge, then during the game, Connor Stallions, video evidence, photo evidence of him on the field, helping coordinators check into the right just play or decipher, check out of the wrong play. Yeah,
1: decipher the signs.
0: Which is the battle, right? You Why do you check out of a play? You're trying to check out of a bad play into a better play. The chess
1: match within the game.
0: But then if they're able to say, oh, well, they just checked to this, well, now we check to that. And that becomes the game. I mean, it's like people with the Astros and the, the banging. Well, if you know, you know as a hitter, and you know it's either uh, you know heat or it's off speed, That's, that it's gives big. a professional hitter a huge advantage. That's big. Yeah. Huge. Because I, mean, I remember during the steroid era, right? I've been doing this, sh- this this job long enough. In the steroid era, people would argue, well, he's still got to hit the ball. Well, being stronger and having more bat speed and it being helps. able to recover more, it helps. It helps. Yeah. Uh, yes, because we're talking about professional athletes here. So yeah. we're talking about, uh, and if they know, you know. If it's a run or a pass, it's huge. Yes. Just know that. It makes yeah, play, make play action moot.
1: Like, he's to do a dual play for no reason. And D linemen, they play the pass very differently than they play the run, run fits, and all that. And second. It can just tee off, or they know it's going to be a run. They don't respect anything about the pass, don't even have to uh, look at their keys in the passing game. It does. No, it, I, as a football player, I can tell you, just let me know run, pass, and I'd have a huge advantage. Yeah. Still got to cover it. You're right. But, man, it's, tactically and strategically, it, it does give you
0: the day. It takes the guesswork out of it. Yeah. yeah. Now I was just reacting. Yeah. Hey, are you bullish on this, Rod? The English teacher from Missouri we told you about earlier this year that um, had to leave her job as an English teacher because she had an OnlyFans account. Around, man. Yeah. She's now, according to this report, made over a million dollars from said her. OnlyFans account. Good for her. Brianna Coppage.
1: See, y'all should pay teachers more. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, even the hot ones. Because they'll leave. They'll go do OnlyFans. Come on, man.
0: She wanted to do both. I'm, you know what? I'm cool with that. She I wants know. to make 38000 doing teaching and still make a million from OnlyFans? Be- Sign me up. Because the people that teach, they don't do it for the money. No. <laughs> we, I think we all you shout that. out those who serve every morning.
1: <laughs> teachers, all, all the teachers I know, they ain't doing it for the money. <laughs> we know that.
0: <laughs> Summer's off, right?
1: Yeah, well, I guess that's one of the perks, but money
0: ain't one of them. Money ain't one of them. They, no, they nice do it
1: because they got the passion for the kids, man, and I'm glad. Shout out to the teachers out there, even the ones doing OnlyFans, too, especially them. A million bucks. Hey, man. Damn. <laughs> Mailbox money. We're back. Hook them up with Ian Rodney.